Welcome to a new episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie Hardy. Of course, I'm the host and creator of this fabulous platform and growing network. I am also a color commentator for the Belladonna Division, Battle Club Pro, Black Girl Magic 2022, and Spartan Wrestling. And I'm also a contributing writer for Fan Sided's Daily DDT. And I am so happy to be with you guys on this Saturday. It's the first Saturday of the new year, 2024. And this is the first episode proper of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast of 2024. So I am so happy to be on this other side um, of 2024 of the new year. I'm so blessed um, to be able to have done this show for as long as I've done it. We're coming up on the four year anniversary of the show. Like there is just so much, you know, to look forward to with this new year. So many yeses, so many, you know, growing um opportunities, just so many new things that are happening in this Kobe year. So I'm so happy to be here. So if this is your first time listening or first time watching the show, thank you for jumping on this ride with me. And of course, if you love professional wrestling, this is a safe space for you. This is a safe space for anybody in any journey of loving wrestling where you are, whether you've been watching since you were a child, whether you just started watching last week, this is a safe space for you. So, you know, thank you for that. And if, and if, of course, if this isn't, your first time listening or watching the show. Thank you for continuing on this journey with me over the past couple of years. And I hope that we can stay on this journey together. Like there's so much cool stuff happening, even in the first week of the new year. And of course, thank you everyone who is watching live on Twitter slash X on YouTube, on Facebook, everywhere and on Twitch. Thank you guys so much for watching live. And um, of course, watching later or listening later. Thank you guys so much for the support because there is a lot that we have got to get into and you could go anywhere else, but you're here with me and I'm really grateful for that. So this new year has been amazing already in the world of professional wrestling. And I am here to discuss it because, oh my God, there's just too much going on. So of course, we are going to start the episode properly with our news and gossipish. This is where I talk about everything that's happening in the world of professional wrestling and everything that's been reported and also any type of rumors that might be under um 
that might be in the loop or on social media and everywhere else that's been written about, reported on, and talked about. So this is news and gossipish. And of course, we have to start with WOW. So in talking about WOW superheroes, they had their special on um, the CW with, with Entertainment Tonight, which is a long-standing program giving all the latest news and gossipish. <laughs> you see what I did there about celebrity life. And they did a special on WOW Women of Wrestling a few weeks ago during the week of Christmas. And the ratings came back for that um, from WrestleNomics. Shout out to Brandon with WrestleNomics that this special had over 100,000 viewers and this was great to hear because of course y'all know with the network there is a show that we have called Steph and Cat Talk Wow where me and Katrina from NCAT We Trust talk about um the goings-on of WOW Women of Wrestling Superheroes, which comes on every weekend um, at different times all around the country and around the world. And so watching this was very important to me because I want to continue to support these women in wrestling who are starting on this other platform, which is a safe space for women and being and placing them on television, you know, in a new way. And the fact that ET actually did a whole special on them where Jeannie Buss, of course, the owner um, and of course, course the the co-owner of wow and the owner of the los angeles lakers um was talking about all the reasons why she got into women's wrestling and how she wanted to feed into wow with that was just really cool and just listening to all of the stories that a lot of the women that we're familiar with have told was just really amazing you had americana on there you had the wow tag team champions the tonga twins on there candy crush um, Foxy Fierce. A lot of the women were on there and it was just really good to see them. And I'm glad that the viewership was relatively high for them. And I hope that that, that, that continues with the rest of the show as um, WOW Women of Wrestling continues to grow. Because of course, the Hardy Wrestling Podcast is a complete and devoted advocate of women's wrestling of all kinds on every promotion. So I'm so happy that WOW is continuing to grow. So if you have not watched WOW Superheroes, um, go on their website wowe.com and look up where it comes on for you in your city so you can check it out on your cable provider and you can also watch it on pluto tv and i believe on hulu and you can watch it on their youtube channel which is called wow superheroes every monday after um their episode airs they put all their matches on there so i do recommend that you check that out the athleticism is solid it's just a little different with their characterization um outside of the world of wrestling as we know it like with WWE or AEW and Impact slash TNA but it's still really good and it's an hour's worth of women's wrestling so if you like that type of content please go check that out and then afterward come check out our after show that me and Katrina do every Wednesday um with Steph and Kat talk wow so congratulations to wow for all of their success also in news and gossipish we got to talk about Mercedes Monet. This week, it became clearly obvious that um, there's a bidding war. There might be a bidding war for Mercedes Monet in terms of money. The first rumor that was released this week was that um, she was um, trying to negotiate a contract with AEW. And um, it was reported 
um, by different sources, but definitely PW Insider reported that they received confirmation that AEW is in contact with Mercedes Monet, which comes after a time when it was said that she and Tony Khan were not discussing anything active about the debut. But another AEW source said since the initial post, an AEW source reached out and said that the company has absolutely been in contact with Monet and said, if you don't think we are in the hunt, you are crazy. And this is pretty insane, right? Because when she first left WWE and people were wondering where she was going to go as she had other ventures going on, like um, with her um, guest appearances on The Mandalorian and with um, her acting stuff, a lot of people were wondering where she was going to go. And of course, whenever a former WWE person or someone else in another company decides they're going to leave, the big popular thing to say is, oh, well, they're going to go to All Elite Wrestling. And that's the other alternative, right? That's the largest alternative that's out there. But she decided to go to New Japan Pro Wrestling and stardom and wrestle with the women there. And of course, challenge Kyrie Sane um, for the IWGP women's title, which she won and then lost to Mayu Iwatani at stardom. And um, then she went to New Japan and fought against Willow Nightingale for the New Japan Strong title in that tournament, in the tournament finals, but she got injured. And then her um contract with new japan got canceled well not canceled but it got um it was expired so now everybody is still wondering where is she gonna go what is she gonna do and aew like i said is a huge alternative you know if she doesn't want to go back to wwe but the biggest thing that a lot of people have been saying is that it's coming down to how much money that she's asking for because in the past week um or in the past two weeks there's been reports about charlotte flair and her contract and how you know how much money she's making and whether or not mercedes monet and the money that she is asking for is either a bit too much or is it just enough or you know there's or if WWE is saying that she's just not worth that much money but my thing is of course as a black woman um I want her to get whatever it is that she's asking for because this woman is clearly a star and I'm not just saying that because you know her banner is hanging on my window I'm saying it because it's true um, this woman has shown that no matter what she does or what she doesn't do, she's always the topic of the conversation. Um, people are always wondering what her next move is. She is the Beyonce of wrestling. So as long as she is always the Beyonce of wrestling, you need to pay her Beyonce ducats. So I'm hoping that wherever she chooses to go, you know, they'll actually pay her what she's worth. And they actually allow for her to continue to put women's wrestling on the map the way that she has always done it because that's really her biggest dream is to get women's wrestling valued on the same level as any man's wrestling anywhere and her name is definitely attached to some of the greatest women's wrestling matches that we have seen in the past 10 years and that needs to be commended and giving the respect that it absolutely deserves so I'm just hoping that wherever she chooses to go it's you know they, that they give her everything that she is asking for in a positive way. So big up to Mercedes Monet for always being the conversation, the blueprint, the CEO, and the Black queen that we know you to be. It's just really crazy stuff. But hey, whoever wins, wins. And that's all that matters.
Also in news and gossipish, we had Patrick Clark, who was formerly known as the Velveteen Dream, in um, NXT a couple years ago, giving an apology on social media and talking about how you know he's sorry for his behavior. Now this was a video he popped up, you know, in his very foresty looking type area, you know, and in the video he said, as you've probably seen or have heard over the last few years, I want to apologize for my behavior, both professionally and personally. I always preach to those closest to me about the power of accountability and responsibility. And I take full accountability for my behavior over the last three years of my life. When narratives were written about me, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter what was written about me. It doesn't matter what was said about me. It doesn't matter what was what on what was online about me. I was wrong. And because of that, I need to apologize to a few people. And then he went on to apologize to Paul Triple H Levesque um, and talk about how he was such an understanding and patient man and getting the opportunity to learn from you, you know, was really great. And he apologized to him and he apologized to Shawn Michaels and he apologized to the fans and hopeful and, you know, hoping that the fans will forgive him. Now, for those who may not know. This man was one of the brightest stars in NXT at the time during the black and gold era as his character as the Velveteen Dream. Like his entire character was giving um, low-key Afrofuturism slash um, Prince vibes slash um, androgynous vibes. But he was doing it in such a way that was just so, you know, eye-catching and enthralling. And he had some of the best matches in NXT. And of course, he was formerly on WWE Tough Enough in the same season that Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville was on there as well. But, you know, he wound up getting eliminated. And he had passion, but sometimes he would rub people the wrong way. Um, and people would call him arrogant a lot of the time. But, you know, he wound up becoming a star in NXT with the Velveteen Dream character and um he became an nxc north american champion by defeating johnny gargano um before he was defeated by roderick strong who is of course in AEW now and he was released into in 2021 due to inappropriate interactions with fans where he was sending pictures of his hoo-ha to girls who turned out to be underage Yes, I said that correctly. Um, so him in this apology, I get why he did it. But at the same time, it still leaves a bad taste in your mouth when you think about the reasons why he was released. And yeah, like if there's anything that I cannot stand is when people think that they can just apologize or sweep that type of abuse under the rug. Um, it's just not the cutest thing to do. It's ugly. Um, my question is, why weren't you, I feel like if you were in this high of a position, why would you do something like that to ruin it? Like, it's just really sucky because he was so talented and a lot of people were really bigging him up, especially even John Cena was bigging him up saying that he was going to be the next big thing. But then he got in his own way by doing trash stuff and boom, that just ruined everything. So him apologizing, I mean, okay, thanks for that. If you felt like we needed that, but yeah, we're just going to leave you alone because he hasn't really been able to book 
any wrestling shows since all of that happened. And he's just been out of the limelight outside of a few random posts he would make on Instagram. And of course, with this apology. And so I guess for here and for the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, your apology isn't exactly, is not accepted because that was gross. And that's all I have to say about that. So moving on to more positive things in news and gossipish, Willow Nightingale was featured on a Food Network show called Super Chef. Um, it's not Super Chef SmackDown. It's Super Chef Grudge Match. And this show is hosted um, by... Oh my gosh, I do not have the name of the person it was hosted by. But either way, her and Jade Cargill were featured on the very same episode, which aired this week. And it was really amazing to see her have this opportunity as a baby face who should definitely be, you know, the face of AEW's women's division as the as a future world women's champion. It was really cool to see her, you know, be on this show and sort of, you know, have fun with everybody else. So big ups to Willow Nightingale. And of course, she and Chris Statlander had an amazing match at um, World's End a couple like a couple days ago. So hopefully, you know, in the future, we'll see bigger and brighter things for Willow in AEW as she continues to rise. But sh- congratulations to her for being on the Food Network. And of course, more so in news and gossipish, we had Andrade who talked more about his reasonings for leaving AEW after World's End. So of course, um, World's End happened and there were lots of different matches that took place. And seeing as there's been so much talk about contracts and everything else, Andrade, you know, there was a report that came out that said Andrade wasn't exactly the happiest with where he was at in the company. And then he wrestled at CMLL for an event and Charlotte Flair, of course, his wife was there to support him. But he released a statement after his World Ends match with um, not Rusev, but Miro. And he um, posted it on Twitter. He said, I want to thank you for this time that I belong to the company AEW and above all to Tony Khan. I also want to say goodbye to all talent, um, to all the talent, security people, cameramen, referees, and everyone who works in the company for being a part of my time at AEW. Kenny, Young Bucks, Taz, Tony Schiavone, Aubrey, Jerry, Hobbs, Hook, Eddie Kingston, Bricky, Orange, Thunder, Jack Perry, Austin, Colton, Sanjay, and many more that I can name. Also, um, I can't forget all of the Mexicans I enjoyed sharing the ring with. And also Sting, Pac, Darby, Garcia, Jay, and many more. I would have loved to have faced John Moxley, um, Ad- Adam Page, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky, Starks, Dante, Cage, and Dustin. Thank you, AEW, and thank you to all the fans for your support always. I wish you the best always. So yeah, Andrade is no longer in AEW, and we do wish him the best, but a lot of people are speculating that he could return to WWE. Um, A lot of people are saying, well, maybe he wants to be closer to Charlotte, but seeing as Charlotte is out with injury, we don't know exactly how that's going to work. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, he could join... um, 
the legato world order <laughs> with legato del fantasma and santos escobar um or the lwo but either way you know like we always say wwe isn't the only place you can go but if he did return to wwe that would be cool so we just gotta wait and see with that one and of course najak went in the comments saying el idolo andrade is one of his favorites so big ups to andrade you know for going after what he wants and hopefully wherever he winds up you know he's happy and utilized to the best of his ability that's all we can ask for then of course giving all of the news about contracts trinity the knockouts world champion was in a report this week where somebody said that it's understood by impact um sources and wwe sources that she will be returning to wwe pretty soon and this surprised me and low-key disturbed me on a level that i can't that i will be able to talk about here like trinity coming back um to wwe really shocked me in terms of that report um it said that she is set to finish up with impact soon and return to the company where she worked as naomi and PW Insider reports that they've confirmed with WWE sources that she is expected to come back there as soon as January and that she will be finishing up with Impact at their Orlando, Florida taping on January the 19th and the 20th. And this was a piece of news that I'm not entirely sure I know how to deal with because of course, you know, it's her, it's her opportunity and it's her choice as to whether or not she wants to come back and, you know, do her Trinity stuff in WWE. But I do find it incredibly strange, I guess, in terms of Mercedes and Trinity, both that they would go back almost a year and some change um, after they walked out due to creative differences or possibly due to disrespect. And something that Trinity did say was that a part of the reason why she left was because she just did not like the way that she was being treated and talked to backstage in WWE. So for me, I am a person who is a huge advocate of not spinning the block when it comes to, you know, being treated wrong. Like, no, if the person treated you wrong, you need to let them miss you for a long period of time until, you know, I guess you can talk about, you know, reconciling. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like, uh, mm, I would, no, just no. I would actually want her to kind of just stay away just a little bit longer and just control and control TNA as they're going through this rebrand again and just, you know, stay away from WWE for a little while until stuff can get cleared up. And I say the same thing for Mercedes too, because as a black woman, everything that they went through and everything that, you know, we had to go through as media members, as black woman media members having to cover that and talk about, you know, being treated as less than, you know, in workplaces and stuff like that. I just don't want them to go back to a situation where, you know, they'll be treated less than. Like, I just don't want that. I really don't want that. Um, it's like at one point you had Trinity, you had Mercedes, and you had Bianca Belair all right there together. And you also had Mia, you know, Mia Yim and B-Fab and all those Black women there. And then it's like you had two of your biggest Black women stars walk out due to mistreatment. Like, ugh. 
I almost don't want her and Mercedes to go back immediately. Like maybe like take some time, just a little bit more time before you go back. But if they do choose to go back, I mean, I guess, you know, it's their decision ultimately. And yeah, Jock is saying new management though. And that is true that it is new management, but you know, BS can still happen under new management. I'm just saying, like, you just don't, like, I I just don't necessarily want them to go back to a situation that's going to hurt them. But if they do choose to go back and stuff has changed, then that's great. And that's amazing for them. But if stuff hasn't changed and if the culture backstage has not changed, then no. Because they are worth their weight in gold when it comes to wrestling. And them being in Japan and being an impact has proved that. So. So if you want them back, treat them like they're worth something. And that's all I got to say about that. So, yeah, big ups to Trinity, though. Um, also, in news and gossipish, I just have to give a huge, huge, huge shout out to the Wrestling Club. Um, and that's, of course, the wrestling organization that was created and founded by um, Kip AMP Middle School Dean. He's not the dean of the whole school, but he is a dean there. Victor Perry, who we've had on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast before. Please go back and watch that interview. We've had him on the show before because of his creation of the Wrestling Club, which is, of course, a... Um, a, an extracurricular activity or basically a class where kids can come and share their love for professional wrestling and where Victor is actually able to sort of teach them different lessons attached to different wrestling matches and their favorite wrestlers. And they cut promos and they've even done a podcast called TWC Talks. And it's just been so amazing. And of course, this these are pictures of them from um, their time at AEW World's End. And of course, they were having a good time, especially the chaperones as well. But they had a big first week of 2024 because Cody Rhodes proceeded to bless them in a big way by paying for the wrestling club um, to go to WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia. Now, of course, the wrestling club has been raising money by selling popcorn um, to be able to go to WrestleMania for the hotel stay, for the tickets, and all the other expenses. But then Cody Rose posted on Twitter and reshared it and said, Now I could buy a bunch of popcorn, but I would rather pay for you guys to go. And that was such a huge blessing. And everyone on social media was so happy about it. It was very emotional. Um, a lot of people were crying about it. And it was just such a beautiful thing that he decided to do. Like he really decided to bless these kids with the opportunity to go to WrestleMania. And, you know, whether he finishes his story or not, he can say that he helped this group of Black kids and, and kids of color go experience at an, another WrestleMania because a number of the kids were at WrestleMania last year in California, but they get to go a second time due to the kindness of the American Nightmare. So that was just so beautiful. And, you know, and he talked about um, in People Magazine and on People.com how he 
he wishes that, you know, he had, you know, a wrestling club like that, but he's just glad to contribute in any um, way, shape or form. And the wrestling club also says their slogan always says that they are the future of wrestling. So for all we know, we could be feeding into the next stars of tomorrow. And it's just such a beautiful thing. So congratulations to Victor Perry, um, the Kip AMP Wrestling Club kids, every other wrestling club that exists, you know, in the United States or wherever. And thank you to Cody Rhodes for being a kind hearted person and making these kids dreams come true. I can't thank you enough. It's so beautiful. Those children deserve the absolute world. And wrestling is a great way for them to see, you know, what the world has to offer them. Like, it's just so beautiful. And Jeffrey in the comments, thank you for watching. He said, Cody has to win, but if he doesn't, don't let them in the front row. Oh my God. But either way, <laughs> um, we'll get to that in a few minutes, Jeffrey. But yeah, thank you, Cody, for showing your kindness to these children because they definitely deserve it and they work hard. So it's amazing that they get to experience that in April. So big ups to you. Also in news and gossipish, it was announced on Thursday by Triple H that Money in the Bank weekend will be in Toronto, Canada, because of course this is the year that WWE is putting the world back into their name, and they're going all around the world, just like the Cheetah Girls, and <laughs> and they're gonna have the first weekend of July be their Money in the Bank weekend in Toronto at the Scotia Bank Arena. And of course, Canada is a big wrestling country, of course, being the home of the Hart family, Trish Stratus, and even um, another person who we won't name here because he's going through some issues right now. But we support Kylie Ray, and that's all I got to say about that. Um, and yeah, like it's happening in Toronto. Now, SmackDown that Friday will be happening on July the 5th. July the 6th, that Saturday, will be the Money in the Bank PLE. And then Sunday, July 7th, will be NXT Heat Wave, which is normally a regular NXT episode, but they've upped it into an NXT PLE. So this is really great. I am really um, happy for the people of Toronto who get to have this cool weekend. And you know, it seems like a really good trip to take if you're a media person like me um because I've never been to Canada like I have never really been to any country um I haven't been to any other country within North America I've you know I've been outside of the United States because I've been to Ghana and I've been to Spain but I've never been to Canada and I've never been to Mexico so going to Canada would be a dream come true and hopefully I'll be able to you know get you know, get approved for media and be able to go because, yo, that's a wrestling event and a wrestling weekend in another country. That would be amazing to experience. So big ups to the people and the wrestling fans of Toronto, Canada for getting this event and for WWE for going all around the world like they are because literally... Elimination Chamber is going to be in Australia. Um, Backlash is going to be in France. They're going to have the Bash in Berlin in August. Like, there's just lots of worldwide stuff going on. And overseas crowds have shown nothing but pure excitement, you know, when it comes to seeing wrestling. So I think this is going to be amazing for them. So big ups to WWE for that and big ups to the people of Toronto. And maybe, you know, you'll see me there. Who knows? We just got to wait and see. And Jeffrey saying overseas crowds deliver so much. Triple H is going all out. He really is. He's making that money. Okay. Worldwide. 
Then we also got another announcement from Stardom um, that they will be having a wrestling event during the weekend of WrestleMania in Philadelphia. And this excited a lot of people because people really do love women's wrestling. And when it comes to women's wrestling, some of the hardest hitting stuff you will see is in Stardom. If you have not watched... um, I know my first time watching Stardom was when, of course, Mercedes Monet was defending her IWGP title against Mayu Iwatani. And just seeing how hard those women hit and everything and all those aerial moves that they hit, it's just really amazing. So if you have not watched Stardom, I do recommend that you do because they do amazing things over there. So, yeah, they will be having a USA event for the first time since 2019, as reported on New Japan Pro Wrestling's website. As WrestleCon takes over in Philadelphia, Stardom will be a part of the festivities on Thursday, April 4th. Stardom American Dream 2024 in the Keystone State Arena will see the best female wrestlers in the world compete and present the colorful and impactful action that only Stardom can. Tickets are on sale. Um, They are already on sale now, so you can buy them. And yeah, it's going to be in Philadelphia. And it's just really cool. So big ups to Stardom for actually having another event in the United States. I think that's amazing. And then doing it and doing it during WrestleMania weekend is a huge deal as well, because that's when a lot of wrestling events, you know, take, take place. And then they sort of, you know, be a part of the WrestleMania vibe. So everybody, you know, can experience new things and experience new um, promotions. So so stardom being a part of that is an amazing thing because like I always say, women's wrestling definitely deserves to grow. And if stardom is going to be a part of that, then that's going to be amazing stuff. Then on top of that with empower Two happening with, um, another with Starcade um, or Starcast, which is another wrestling convention in Australia. I think that's amazing too. So big ups to stardom and congratulations to them for that. I'm really excited for that. Also in the news, news of gospel is huge, guys. There's a lot, lot of stuff happening in the first week. Nick Nemeth, um, formerly known as Dolph Ziggler in WWE, showed up with his brother. Um, his brother, Ryan Nemeth, who wrestles for AEW, um, they popped up at Wrestle Kingdom, which did kind of rub some people the wrong way because Wrestle Kingdom 18 is New Japan's biggest show. And last year, of course, they had Kyrie defending the IWGP title, and that was the debut of Mercedes um, as her own entity. But this year, you know, they didn't have any women's matches due to stardom having an event before um wrestle kingdom 18 so literally wrestle kingdom 18 was all male and that was that was you know weird within itself but hey whatever um but yeah nick nemeth made his debut over there in new japan and got in the face of a man who won a championship his name is david finley and so they got into it with each other while he was wearing a suit and then they got into a shoving match and then on top of that Dolph ziggler proceeded to attack him oh sorry attack him backstage and talk about how he is going to be you know the next best thing and he's the most wanted man in professional wrestling and oh my god this blew my mind but i was so happy because if it's anybody who is an amazing wrestler who's been sort of held back a little bit for a while now it's definitely nick nemeth because 
He has been a world heavyweight champion, an NXT champion, a tag team champion, and an intercontinental champion. He held all the titles in WWE, and he held on until, of course, they released him last year in a very surprising move. But he was with them for such a long time, and now he gets to actually get it on with other best, with other amazing wrestlers and other promotions. And he got in the face of this man who won this title at Wrestle Kingdom and started attacking him and beating him up and I'm just really excited for him I am so pumped for him and Ryan you know and whatever this means for for those two I don't know if they're going to be a tag team later on a lot of people were under the understanding that he was going to go be with his brother in AEW but them showing up together is still you know a sign of good faith that maybe they will collaborate in the ring at some point but Nick Nemeth started 2024 off with a bang and I am absolutely here for it he is also booked to make appearances at different, you know, conventions like Comic Cons and Wrestling Cons and stuff like that. So he is out here doing the dang thing. So hopefully, you know, Dolph Ziggler can, well, not Dolph Ziggler, Lord, I'm sorry. Um, Nick Nemeth can get some stuff cracking a whole lot more um, in a new way. And I'm really excited for this. I'm so pumped for that. Like, I'm so happy for it. And yes, Jeffrey, he did do the dive like that man did in court on that judge. And that was really scary. That was a very scary video to watch. And I hope that lady is okay. But yeah, that was crazy. Also in news and gossipish, we have TNA announcing um, their locations for their um, premium live event sacrifice on Friday, March the 8th. They will be having it in Windsor, um, Ontario, Canada. And of course, you know, they're going to return to Canada because of course, last year they had a show in Canada and it went off really well. So they'll be returning there and then they'll be doing tapings um, on Saturday, March the 9th for a regular episode of Impact. And it was really cool. So of course, last year um, it was um, headlined by Time Machines, Alex Shelley, Chris Saban and Kushida defeating Frankie Kazarian, Rich Swan, and Steve Macklin. But something that I noticed in this graphic is the fact that with the women's wrestlers that they have on here, like Jody Threat and Jordan Grace, Trinity's not on it. And this event is set for March and this is January. Trinity's not on it. So and she's the knockouts women's champion. So it's just like um What's going on here? What's going on? Huh? Huh? What's happening? So I guess we'll figure that out within the next few months. But I did find it strange that Trinity wasn't on these graphics. But big ups to TNA and their cool rebrand that they're doing. Um, And with them continuing with their events in the places that appreciate them. And it's clear that people in Canada love them a whole lot. So big ups to TNA for grabbing a hold of who they truly are. Then, of course, we have Charlotte Flair, who released a statement talking about, you know, how she's recovering um, from her injury. She posted this on Instagram and on Twitter. and She said, family, friends and fans, thank you for all the, the positive, beautiful messages and flowers. I feel supported in every way. It has taken me a few days and many, many tears to wrap my head around everything. I happen to be an expert in overthinking, and this is the first time I've ever truly been scared. And honestly, me too, sis. Me too. Um, 
scared of the unknown, but also feeling like I'm losing what I'm most proud of, and that's being an athlete. I don't like showing physical weakness, and this has left me feeling exposed. A process I know I will grow from, but a very new one to me. This was a huge blow to me mentally and obviously physically going into 2024. 2023 was a roller coaster and I'm trying to stay positive. And maybe this was the only way to stop, refocus, rebuild, and eventually conquer again. I can't thank this year's SmackDown locker room enough. I enjoyed every second and will be rooting from the sidelines. I have been a bad guy for most of my career, but this year was different for me. I cherished every hug high five and fist pump this year at live events and for the first time in my career felt comfortable in my own boots being the good guy i learned so much as a performer and plan on starting right where i left off i promise i am going to work 24 7 over the next nine months to come back the best version of the queen you've ever seen climbing my own mountain will be my greatest test yet thank you for all the love here's to 2024 now this was very heartwarming to read and looking at of course her after her surgery you know it was really cool to see that because of course she injured her knee in a match on smackdown but she's working on you know coming back to us within the next few months and i hope that once she does recover we'll see the greatest you know that she's ever performed because this year i was really looking forward to seeing her versus bianca oh excuse me her versus bianca you know, whether it be for a title or just for bragging rights, because Bianca has always said that that is the only horsewoman she has in pen. So if she finally had an opportunity to face off against her one on one, it would have been amazing. But sadly, you know, injuries happen because humans are humans, especially wrestlers. They're humans, too. So we she needs to, you know, take her time to heal up and rehab and everything. And she did post a video um, yesterday showing her rehabbing her video with Dr. Dugas, you know, here in Alabama. So, of course, here. So, of course, we're going to use our healing powers and our healing prayers to give her all of the energy that she needs to come back bigger and stronger than ever. Yes, we are praying for the queen. Thank you, Jeffrey. Yes, we're praying for Charlotte. And hopefully when you come back, you'll come out with all guns blazing. We love you. And finally, in news and gossipers, Natalia celebrated 17 years um, since her signing with WWE. Now, she has been pretty viral this week, too, because she's been training um, a lot of people like Jada Stone, who is in the indies, um, B-Fab, who we've seen on SmackDown a couple of times before, formerly of Hit Row. And she was also training with Angelo Dawkins and Jade Cargill. And when people saw that video of Jade Cargill, they were like, oh my God, like she's really cooking. And Natalia is an amazing trainer. Like not only is she an incredible wrestler, a part of the Hart family dynasty, she is an amazing teacher alongside her husband, TJ. And they produce and he produces some of the best matches we've ever seen man male or female so these people deserve all the credit in the world for helping to you know elevate other stars and helping them up their game and natalia of course saying that she was celebrating 17 years since she's been in wwe she said i have taken every 
I have never taken a single day for granted because I learned early that the amazing position I have is leased, never owned. So wherever the next 17 years takes us, just know I'll be calling someone B word, if you know, you know, and locking them in a sharpshooter because this isn't a career for me. It's my life. So shout out to the boat, as Jeffrey called her and saying that, you know, she doesn't get the recognition that she deserves. Yeah, like she really doesn't. And I hope that somewhere down the line, she'll be able to either hold another title at some point before she decides to, you know, retire. Or maybe she should just open up a school. Like if she opens a school, I can't imagine, you know, how much of a safe space that would give, you know, men and women as a whole in wrestling and learning from one of the best in the business. Like that would be fantastic because Natty just brings out the best in everyone. So congratulations to Natalia for 17 years in the business. And I hope that she continues to grow more and more. So that's it for a power packed news and gossip ish. And now we're going to move into what I liked in wrestling this week. And honey, it was a lot. So, like I mentioned earlier with Willow Nightingale, her and Chris Statlander had an amazing match at Zero Hour. Um, they fought in their hometown, which I believe was Long Island, New York. Um, they fought there and they put on an amazing showing. And I just want to further the agenda of Willow Nightingale being women's world champion in AEW and being a babyface champion at that. Because sometimes I find, you know, as much as I appreciate that AEW exists as an alternative, um, I find that a lot of the same women get some of the same opportunities for the women's world title a lot of the time, um, like Riho and like Tony Storm and like so many other women that we've always seen. And honestly, Willow has had a chance at the TBS title, a couple of chances when Jay Cargill held it. But at the same time, I want a woman who has won the Owen Cup and a woman who became the inaugural New Japan Strong Women's Champion to have a credible and substantial opportunity at the Women's World Championship. A Black woman has not held that title since Nyla Rose, and I think that's a problem. Um... And a woman of color hasn't held it since Thunder Rosa, I believe. And I really need for them to get behind Willow. Because as you saw from her being on the Food Network and just doing stuff all the time, she's a sweet girl. She has an amazing baby face persona. Like she has, she represents so many women out there, you know, who look like us and look like me. So for all means, make her a women's champion in AEW, make her the women's world champion at some point. This year, it has to happen. It really has to happen. And yeah, I do know all about her stuff with Stokely. And honestly, I just don't know what his beef is with her. I'm gonna need for him to back off because I'll fight him for her, okay? But yeah, give Willow all of her things this year. Let her be a champion because she definitely deserves it, okay? Also, another thing I liked in wrestling this week was Timeless Tony Storm. Of course, after she retained her uh, Women's World Championship, she participated in the media scrum. And she was in character the entire time. And it was really funny to see that happen. And then on top of that, Tony actually, Tony Khan, of course, the owner of AEW, um, actually wore her hat 
because a lot of people were wondering, oh my God, what is that? What's going on with his head? But it wasn't his hair. It was Tony Storm's hat that went with her fur coat and everything, of course, giving the vintage movie star vibe. And he took her sunglasses and she was answering all the questions that was given to her. And it was just amazing to watch her stay in character the entire time. And on top of that, I just really wanted to say congratulations. And I said this on social media, but I want to say congratulations to all the women who were in the World's End Media Scrum, especially Cresta, the Cresta star um, from Fightful. I was so happy to hear her voice in the Media Scrum. I was like, oh my God, it's Cresta. And Cresta has been a guest on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast before. Um, and if you follow her on TikTok, she is a hilarious follow when it comes to watching wrestling and her reacting to everything. So this was very enjoyable. I love Tony's dedication to this character and um, it's just really great. So hopefully, of course, more will happen with her um, facing off against the best of the women in AEW. And yeah, this character is just fantastic and it's just hilarious. So I love it. I absolutely love it. It's cool. So another thing that I enjoyed in wrestling this week was, or at least something that surprised me in wrestling this week with AEW World in, it was Samoa Joe becoming AEW World Champion. I was not expecting this at all. <laughs> I was not expecting this at all when it happened. I was just like, wait a minute. So, so MJF really got choked out like that? What? 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 And he got choked out and he lost. And Samoa Joe is the champion. Like, excuse me? Like, I feel like we've been waiting forever for him to be the top champion of a brand. And now that he's finally done it, it's amazing for him and amazing, you know, for him and his name and his accomplishments because he's been in wrestling for a long time. I remember the first time I heard about Samoa Joe, it was um, in the CM Punk documentary WWE did um, <laughs> on WWE did and he was talking about all his matches that he had with him in old school ring of honor and I was just like wow Samoa Joe okay and he was talking about how he had this rivalry with him back and forth and I was just like wow okay and then when he came to NXT he was destroying everybody and I was like oh this is what we've got here so you know, just seeing his journey and watching him, you know, rise above injury after injury to continue to wrestle has just been an, an amazing deal. So Samoa Joe will always matter in the world of wrestling. And I'm I'm proud that he's champion. I'm excited for him. This is going to be cool. Um, I like it. And I can't wait to see who he faces off against. So, yeah, I was just really surprised that this happened because MJF had been champion for so long that I just didn't, I, I like, I figured, like, whoever beat him would have to be, like, I don't know, just, it would just be a huge, huge deal. And it's still a huge deal that Samoa Joe did it. But, you know, like, I just wasn't expecting it to happen this fast. Like, it was crazy. But big ups to Samoa Joe, the AEW world champion. Um, a champion is you. <laughs> That's really cool. So, yeah. Then another thing that surprised me was Adam Cole being revealed as the devil. Y'all, this blew my mind to epic proportions because I was saying that I felt like Jungle Boy Jack Perry was going to be the devil. Because he has been, because Jungle Boy Jack Perry has been gone ever since him and CM Punk got into that fight and everything. So I was thinking, okay, well, 
ain't nobody else here. Adam Cole is injured, so it has to be Jack Perry. And for those who told me or just said that it wasn't Jack Perry, I apologize and I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong. When I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong because clearly Adam Cole was the devil. And that shook me to my core. I was just like, oh my God, weren't you and Adam Cole just friends? Y'all were like buddies. Y'all were like, I'm better than you, baby. And now that's over with. (laughs) That's over with. Like, oh my God. And then for him to come out and be the devil and then have Roderick Strong ward low um and the kingdom on his side as the new undisputed people i was like dang it just shook me to my core i was absolutely shook but i know someone else another fan i.e my dad who couldn't handle it he was just like excuse me it was just a whole lot it was funny but either way adam cole is the devil and this might be the craziest turn I've ever seen in my life, but I'm really excited to see where it goes, though, because, yo, Adam Cole, the devil, it's just crazy. I'm sorry. I just I just can't. I can't stop. I'm sorry. This was insane. But Jeffrey has a good question here. He says, I want to know if Adam was really injured. I don't know, because it looked like he was legitimately injured, but with him being the devil now, maybe he lied. I don't know. <laughs> I don't crazy but you know these are the rides and the rides that we enjoy in wrestling the 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 why did you do it like it's just really insane it's crazy but i can't wait to see how this unfolds though now more of what i liked in wrestling this week on the wwe side of things um becky lynch versus nia Jax. that was an amazing match and the fact that this match started raw day one was amazing these women were really hitting each other hard and not for nothing Nia Jax did an amazing job like a lot of people really be coming down hard on Nia and her performances a lot of the time due to her past before she got released from WWE but she has improved her game a little bit and the idea that you know her and Becky were able to give a slobber knocker of a match in the opening of the show and this being the first match we see like the first women's match that we basically see in WWE in the new year was just fantastic. And the fact that she punched her in the face and she's bleeding, Becky's bleeding, and that Nia won, I was not expecting Nia to win fair and square like that. Like I thought Becky was really going to come out with the win. Um, because honestly, like I said in my um, other episode, in my last episode, I said that I felt like Nia actually needed the victory more than Becky did because, of course, Becky is a star. She's a made woman at this point. So Nia saying that Becky needed the victory more than she did was just a little bit incorrect to me. But now she has that victory and she can, you know, rub everybody else's face in it. Like, you beat the man. You punched her out and you made her bleed a second time on purpose. Like, that's a really good story to tell. And of course, Becky was saying, look, like, you know, there's no other, there's nowhere to go but up now um, in her backstage interview. So I'm pretty sure now she's going to continue to chase Nia until they have their big, big, big fight. And I think it's going to be really great. But this match was fantastic. I, I implore you, if you haven't watched it yet, please go and watch it. It was an amazing start to the episode. It was great. And yeah, Jeffrey saying this was Nia's best match. Absolutely. I would. I agree with that. Like she did an amazing job, but I was not expecting her to win at all. So the fact that she did knocked my socks off. But hey. 
Nia got the win, but this rivalry is not over. Becky is going to come after her, and I'm excited about that. Another thing I loved in wrestling this week was Rhea versus Ivy Nile. I love that Ivy Nile just had the guts to, you know, challenge Rhea for the women's world title. Um, and I was just in love with all of her suplexes. Every suplex she gave to Rhea Ripley was just hard. And I just love the idea that this woman who is who looks about maybe a foot or so shorter than Rhea could probably could lift this woman up and just wham and just sling her backwards. Like that's just the craziness of life. And I just love how strong she is. But of course, Rhea wound up coming out with the win and retaining her title. But Nia, but not Nia, but Ivy, you know, did a phenomenal job and she has nothing to be ashamed of. And considering she just got called up with the Creed brothers, I'm sure she'll have another opportunity, you know, down the road at some point. And then, of course, you have the Royal Rumble about to happen in a couple of weeks. So you just never, ever know what's going to happen with that. But Ivy Nile did such a good job because... Yeah, like I knew that she was the real deal when she faced off against Mako Satomura in NXT UK for the NXT UK women's title. So, hey, this woman is destined for big things and I can't wait to see what else she has to offer. But Rhea definitely retained her title because she has a vice grip on it and she's never letting it go. But big ups to Ivy. She did a good job. Then another thing I loved... <laughs> on raw um day one was a segment where they showed of course team casey squared the new women's tag team champions celebrating and dancing um with their tag team titles you know with their bottle service in the vip section and then you had chelsea and piper come to try to ruin the party and they looked super cute but i just have this picture here to say that i loved that kate and carter called chelsea big red because she popped up with the red lipstick and her big red outfit and this made me happy as a fan of bring it on because <laughs> bring it on is one of my favorite movies of the 2000s ever like the the first one like all the other ones are good but they don't hit like the first one does so the idea that um Caden carter called chelsea big red the first thing that popped into my head was i'm still big red and she does have big red energy <laughs> That was just really funny to me, and I just enjoyed it. So um, that was hysterical. But, of course, Chelsea and Piper want their rematch for the women's tag team titles, and I'm more than sure they'll give it to them at some point. I don't know if it's going to be at the Royal Rumble or whatever. But either way, I'm just really excited. Um, I'm happy about this um, situation. I just love that she called her Big Red. It was fun. And Jeffrey is saying he liked the one with Rihanna and Solange. Yes, the third one, All or Nothing, was really good. I loved All or Nothing. That was really fun. That was a really good Bring It On. That's actually my second favorite. Um, I like that one. It's the first one, the third one, and the second one are in my top three. So, yeah, Bring It On is a good movie. Watch those movies if you haven't already. They're fun. <laughs> but, yeah. So, we got to talk about The Rock now. We got to talk about The Rock now. So, Mr. Rock decided <laughs> to surprise us again with an appearance. Now, throughout the day, I will say it wasn't so much as a surprise because people were, you know, trying to nitpick and find the answers as to who could be, you know, the surprise WWE champion that could show up. Um, 
on day one. And a lot of people were saying, oh, well, what if it's The Rock? I predicted maybe it was going to be Big E because of his history with day one. Because last year at day one at the pay-per-view, he was in a championship match and he lost his title to Brock Lesnar, which I felt like should not have happened under any circumstances. So I felt like, well, if he was going to come back in a huge way, come back on the first day of the new year, right? And he's a former WWE champion. So I was just like, it's Big E. It has to be Big E, right? So they trolled us at first and brought out Jinder Mahal. <laughs> and it's so sad. Don't nobody respect him, but he really was a few a, a former WWE champion. And that felt like a simulation to live in because nobody ever expected him to become the champion the way that he did but he did and it was it was for a good little minute there and yeah it was insane but now it's like he you almost barely remember it because nobody really gives him that much clout or respect that they give to other WWE champions so he comes out and he trolls everybody and he starts talking trash about the United States which of course gets you booed and a lot of different places around the country. And then The Rock comes out <laughs> and surprises everybody. Everybody's screaming, including Samantha Irvin, who, you know, popped up in a big way. And she was excited, too. I was excited. It was lit. And he comes out there and he makes fun of Jinder Mahal, you know, beats up on him a bit and all of the above and sings him a song and says, you know, it doesn't matter what you think and all that other stuff. You know, the greatest hits, you know. But since The Rock is my goat, I'll let it rock. I love him. I love The Rock so, so much. Like from a deep place in my soul, I love him. And one day I want to either meet him, hug him or interview him or ask him one question. I don't even care. Like if in my journalism career, I run up on The Rock and we have an encounter, I will have felt like my life has been made because he's already retweeted me before um, when I was live tweeting during Young Rock. So that was fun, but I just got to meet him one day. But as we manifest those things, he, after he beats up on Jinder Mahal and before he does his final line, he says, you know, San Francisco, I need to go somewhere and get something to eat. And he was like, where should I sit? Should I sit in a booth? Should I sit at the bar? Or should I sit at the head of the table? And everybody just loses their mind. And I tell y'all, I took a collective sigh when this happened because this is something that people have been asking for and begging for for a long time. We have been predicting that The Rock versus Roman Reigns could happen for almost about five years now, and it hasn't happened yet. And in my mind, I'm just like, are you being serious or are you just playing with us? Are you yanking our chain? Like what is going on? Because at one point they said that it could have happened last year. And I kid you not, the reason why I bought my tickets to WrestleMania in LA was because I just knew for sure that The Rock and Roman Reigns were going to fight in Los Angeles. It only made sense, right? Because it's Hollywood and both of these people are Hollywood stars and da 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 and it wound up not happening. We got Roman versus Cody and I'm not mad about that because I had a good time in California. I had the best time. So I'm not mad about that. But the fact that you keep dangling it 
in our faces and then it just it, and then somehow another it winds up not happening just freaks me out so honestly i just don't want to be disappointed again that's just how i feel i don't want to be disappointed again because roman is already part-time as it is for his reasons and then you have the rock who is essentially part-time too because he's a movie star and he does so many different things he has the ufl he has all this other stuff going on so when are you guys actually going to make time for this match to happen like don't dangle the carrot in front of me and 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 it's not going to happen like please please <laughs> like don't like don't it sends all of us all of us content creators and all of us fans into a rage because we always think, well, it could happen at this WrestleMania or it could happen at Elimination Chamber. That's what a lot of people have been saying and that it doesn't have to happen at WrestleMania because Cody needs to finish his story, you know, and a lot of people have been speculating that Cody versus Roman two could happen in Philadelphia. And that is absolutely true. I understand that. But then you also have the box office appeal of The Rock, you know, and the attention that that can bring from outside sources. And it's just, help, help me, like, stop. It's too much, it's too much. And it's just, oh my God, just, oh my God. I don't know anymore, so. The, with where I'm at now, I'm just like, look, when y'all get ready to do it, I'll be here. If it's not this year, if it's next year, fine, whatever. Just when y'all make the graphic, that's when I'll be convinced. <laughs> when y'all announce it and when y'all make the graphic, that's when I'll be convinced. And what's so bad about it is when Roman was asked about it, he just laughed at him on SmackDown. He just said, ha, 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 and then had a laughing emoji on Twitter. And I'm just like, so you're not taking him seriously. All right now. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey, I'm trying to breathe. <laughs> I'm just excited. But it's just so it's 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 a lot. It's a lot. But let's move on to other things that feel a little bit more certain, okay, in wrestling. Um, yeah, he did break some social media records. Um, he got 100 and 71 million views on his videos and stuff so big ups to the rock for that but yeah wwe is breaking all kinds of social media records with the rock showing up twice and then with cm punk coming back like they're breaking all the records here and it's great but get it together when it comes to the rock and roman reigns get it together because i'm tired of waiting so on to NXT New Year's Evil, more certain things, like I said earlier. I love that Lola Vice tried to cash in on Lyra Valkyria after her match with Blair Davenport, and Tatum Paxley ruined it. <laughs> Tatum Paxley ruined it and said, look, like another day where Lyra Valkyria is champion, I'm happy about it. And she's low-key being obsessed with her, and it's really scary. But I can't wait for the day that Lola Vice is actually able to cash in, because that's my girl, and I actually want you know, big things for her because she is talented and she's really pretty. And I'm just happy that I met her at Wale Mania last year. She was so nice. Um, so I just cannot wait, you know, for the rise of Lola Vice because she just has something. And then on top of that, um, 
her and Electra Lopez might have some underlying issues because a few weeks ago when she introduced Lola to Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde, um, she did not look that interested. Then when Electra also mentioned that she, that Lola could use her contract to cash in for, you know, the women's tag team titles, Lola did not look interested. So I feel like Lola turning on Electra could be, you know, a star making move for her and then she'll decide to be champion and that would be really cool. So, hey, we just got to wait and see. But Lola catching in Loki made me jump out of my chair. I was just like, wait a minute. But then it didn't happen because of Tatum. So we just got to wait and see for that. Yeah. Lola looked jealous of him. I don't think she was jealous. I just don't think she was interested in him like that. Hey, JD. Um, yeah, thank you for watching. But yeah, it's, it's just going to be crazy. We just got to wait and see for that. Then, of course, Tiffany Stratton lost her match <laughs> against Fallon Henley at New Year's Evil. So now she has to be a ranch hand. And I'm really excited about this because she was mad disrespectful to Fallon Henley. I did not like that at all. She poured a she poured trash all over Fallon. I feel like once you disrespect me and throw trash all over me, that's where we have to fight. And this match took place, and it was a really good match. It was very hard-hitting, and it was kind of weird in some places where it looked like Tiffany was trying to hit her prettiest moonsault ever, and she misstepped a little bit. But outside of that, it was still a really good, you know, match for the most part. And Fallon Henley really did, you know, show and prove that she could be, you know, a single star in the women's division. Of course, since the breakup of Team Country Strong with her, Josh Briggs, and Bruce Jixon, I'm glad that, you know, she's had this moment and now you can just see tiffany looking disgusted at the idea that she now has to work on a farm <laughs> it's just so funny then she had to post a picture and said well maybe if paris hilton can do it then maybe i can do it making a reference to um the simple life reality show that paris hilton had with um nicole richie back in the day so that was really funny like i i think it's so funny and jeffrey in the comments say he wants to see tiffany and sparkled overalls hey that might be a look you might be joking but that might be a look so hey if it's one thing tiffany knows how to do she knows how to serve fashion so that might be cute she might need to get a little country and a little bit of rock and roll but yeah it's gonna be cool and then another relatable part that i really loved about the show um, on New Year's Evil, was Thea Hale being nervous around Riley Osborne? She has a big crush on him, you know, that's been developing over the past few weeks. And she got super excited from him giving her a high five before his uh, men's breakout tournament final match. And she was just screaming and going crazy, like, oh my God, he touched me. Oh my God, I'm never washing this hand, which is kind of gross when you think about it. But at the same time, it was really relatable because, I mean, all of us have had someone that we've had a crush on that we're just excited even looked our way <laughs> or even said something to us or, you know, showed any form of interest, you know. So this part was really, really cute. And I hope that her and Riley Osborne can get a romance angle and they can go out with each other. So I'm really pumped about this. I'm really excited. Then, of course, we have Oba Femi winning the breakout tournament. Um, and I'm really pumped about him winning because he just has a big aura about himself that I really enjoy. Of course, he is Nigerian and he was a shot put champion um, in the SEC for the University of Alabama, um, Roll Tide. 
And just the idea that he has gone forth and, you know, elevated his game as a big man. And now he's the breakout tournament winner proves that somewhere down the line, he could challenge for any title he wants to challenge for. So he could challenge for the North American title. He could challenge for the NXT championship at some point. Him versus Trick Williams would be interesting. It would be very interesting if he and Trick Williams challenged for the title. That is, if Trick were to win it. But, you know, we just got to wait and see. But big, big ups and congratulations to Oba Femi for winning the breakout tournament. We love Black Excellence here at the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. And then, of course, you have the performance of the LWO, the real LWO, the Latino World Order, in their six-man tag against... um drew gulak and his crew and then of course the performance of joaquin wild really stood out because there was a point where he hit a dive an assisted rope dive from the middle rope and dove all over drew gulak and the crew and i'm just like i was just absolutely gagged at how high he flew i was just like excuse me you had all of this in you and on smackdown y'all been on the struggle bus i'm tired like watching this match just proves that we need to give Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde their things because they usually be on the struggle bus on SmackDown and then being forced to fight, you know, different tag teams that are, I guess, more popular and stuff like that. But all this time, you know, they've been talented. Like they've been talented since before this iteration of NXT and then and before this iteration of SmackDown. They've been talented, but they've just haven't had that big, big opportunity to really show off all of the moves in their arsenal. And here in NXT, they were able to do that. And then them winning with Carlito was cool too. Cause I can't even remember if there was a time when um when Carlito was on NXT. I think they may have said that on commentary, but I can't remember if, if that's true or not. But I was just like, bruh, they need to give LWO their things and respect them as a faction because I'm tired. I like between the bloodline and between the judgment day, I really felt like the LWO was getting the short end of the stick. And this match proved right here that they don't deserve that. Like they deserve absolutely more, especially Joaquin Wild. Like that was fantastic. Like I was so glad that they won the match the way that they did. It was so cool. Yes. Jeffrey in the comments saying wild is insane. He told Sean that he had to rehearse that spot because Sean didn't think he could do it. Okay. And then JD is saying it's so cool to see Carlito back. It really is. It really is cool. And then he also went ahead and spit in um, Drew Gulak's face with the apple. And I was just like, yes. <laughs> it's nasty, but it's cool at the same time. So big ups to LWO. And here's hoping that you guys can actually get more of your things this year because y'all deserve it. Like, I'm tired of y'all just getting beat up by everybody else y'all deserve more and then of course we have the saga of trick williams and carmelo hayes it's time for y'all to see my face again on this one so trick williams was supposed to wrestle against Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship at New Year's Evil. But as it turns out, Ilya Dragunov wasn't clear to compete and he was angry about that. And Trick was angry about that too. And he was talking about how him and Carlito, well, not him and Carlito, him and Carmelo, rather, I'm sorry, um, were working in the gym and going hard and stuff and preparing for the match and whatnot. 
So because, you know, he was bummed out and he wished Ilya the best or whatever. But he said, look, when it's time, it'll be time, you know, for him to win. So Grayson Waller popped up and challenged, you know, Trick Williams for a match. And then Carmelo, I guess, in his bravado was saying, well, yeah, he's so prepared that he can face you for his number one contendership. And Trick was like, what you doing? Like, why are you doing this to me? And it was just so bad. And then Grayson Waller was like, fine, I was the first Iron Survivor anyway, and I stole it from Carlito. So this is what's going on. And I'm just like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. You have got to be kidding. I was so upset about that. I was so upset. I was just like, look, Carlito, you cannot, not Carlito. I keep calling him Carlito, Carmelo, I'm sorry. Carmelo, you cannot be putting Trick Williams in these situations to lose his things. And honestly, to me, it just gave off the impression that Carmelo is just upset that Trick Williams has more than he does. It's giving a crab in a barrel mentality. And I never, ever paid Carmelo to be that type of person. But it really does look like he is that type of person. Like, how dare you come up with Trick and then be okay with Trick being behind you. But then the minute Trick Williams has all this stuff going on for himself, you trying to sabotage it. And it's just really gross. And it's like, since Carmelo doesn't have anything, then Trick can't have anything. And that's really what it is. That's really the, the, the long and short of it. Carmelo doesn't have nothing, so Trick can't have nothing. You're a crab in a barrel. And it's ridiculous because that is your best friend and you need to be there for him. You need to support him. You're acting like Joan did with Tony when Tony was getting married and Joan was jealous of it. If you don't know, that's girlfriends. That's a TV show. But either way, like, you need to get over and be there for your friend as opposed to trying to sabotage him every chance you get. And then on the preview show that they did Thursday, they had an interview with Trick and Carmelo. And Carmelo was saying that he had that he might finish his beef with, with Kevin Owens from them fighting in the tournament. And I'm just like, why? What's your beef with Kevin Owens? The fact that he helped Grayson Waller lose so Trick could keep his our survivor opportunity? I'm telling y'all, Carmelo is guilty. He attacked Trick. He attacked Trick and is showing each and every week. He's showing y'all each and every week that he is guilty. But y'all want to have y'all blinders on and act like, oh, well, he didn't do it. No, baby. He did it. Carmelo attacked Trick. He's jealous of him. He's a crab in a barrel, and y'all need to see that. Open your eyes. It's 2024. Let's stop believing BS. Let's see things for how they are. He did it. Carmelo did it. And if you're one of those people who told me he didn't do it, you owe me a video apology. And that's all I got to say about that. Y'all gonna owe me an apology when the truth come out. And that's all I got to say. So, moving on into other things I liked in wrestling. In AEW Dynamite, Mariah May had her debut match against 
Queen Amanada, who is someone who has been in the independence for a very long time. And they had their match and it was really good. Queen Amanada did a stellar job and she wasn't just out here, you know, taking a beat down um, like a lot of people sort of expect um, people in the Indies to do. And I'm glad that they're doing a lot better with that because sometimes the people who they get, you know, to face off against the more established TV stars be like just taking the beating over and over again. But Queen Amanada didn't do that. And I'm glad. So, of course, Mariah May won um, her debut. And she was really excited about that. And she was about to be interviewed by Renee Paquette. But she was interrupted by a beautiful soul by the name of Diana Perazzo, the virtuosa. This was so exciting for me. <laughs> Because I love her. Deanna Parasso is one of my favorite technical women's wrestlers of all time. This woman wrestles down. Like, she is so accomplished. And she's amazing. She is a multi-time champion in various places. But more particularly in TNA slash Impact. She was a multi-time knockouts champion. She's been, I believe, a knockouts tag team champion as well. And she's also been a champion for um, CMLL and Ring of Honor. This woman is amazing. And the first time, I can't get over the first time I saw her wrestle live was at, um, it was at NWA's Empower. And she wrestled against Melina Perez. And when I tell y'all, it, I was shook from watching her wrestle. I was shook. It was almost like she was just trying to destroy Melina like tear her arms off because her submission work is just flawless like if y'all have never seen Deanna Parasso wrestle I suggest you go and google it or youtube it or something because Miss Ma'am is fantastic and she made her all elite debut in her home state of New Jersey at that and that was really cool and then she told Renee and she told Mariah like look I am now all elite and I am going to find Tony Storm and I'm going to take her title from her. And then when Mariah started talking trash at her, she kicked her in the face with her beautiful sparkly suit and her Uggs. And it was just really cool. So congratulations to Deanna Perazzo making her AEW debut and kicking Mariah May in the face. This was amazing. And yeah, she is all elite. And I'm happy for her. And then her husband, Steve Macklin, was there to support her and everything. Like, it was just a family affair. And it was great. So, big ups to Deanna. And hopefully this, this means, you know, greater things for their women division. Because Deanna is so talented. And she deserves the best. So, big ups to her. And, of course, there was the um, preview special that WWE did. And I love the interview that they had with CM Punk. And I think this is probably the first interview that Punk has done since he's returned um, to WWE. And he talked about how nervous he was about his return in Chicago. And he said that while he was driving to the Allstate Arena, he was texting his sisters, you know, telling them what was going on. And he was talking about, you know, how, you know, excited he was and how when he came out in Chicago, he could barely hear his music. <laughs> and I think that's pretty, you know, accurate because we were all screaming our heads off. 
as a person who was there I can definitely say that you could barely hear his music all you could hear was like you could hear the music was there but all you heard was screaming <laughs> and I was screaming we were all screaming to the top of our lungs it was just a whole a moment in time that I will just always treasure being present for like I just I feel very honored to have been there to witness such an amazing thing and he also talked about you know how he's been, you know, running around taking pictures with people that he's always admired and how amazing it is, you know, that he had his, his comeback match at Madison square garden against Dom and everything. And just all the things that he plans on doing, which starts at the Royal rumble. So it's just really exciting stuff. And he's going to be on raw this Monday. So I'm really excited for it. I've been really pumped about CM Punk's return. I've been watching all of his videos and stuff from WWE because I always loved CM Punk. Like, and I always wanted the best for him wherever he decided to go. Like, especially in WWE, in a, when he was in AEW, I wanted the best for him. And so when he got in trouble, it made me sad. And I was just like, God dang, like, what's going on? Like, you know, is he really the problem? All the, all the stuff. I was just very frustrated. So he seems to be in a much happier place. And I'm glad that, you know, he's getting to, I guess you could say, finish his story um, in WWE. I'm really happy with it. And plus, I've really just been on a CM Punk kick ever since I witnessed him coming back. So hopefully I'll get away from that high eventually and something else will make me happy, that happy enough to watch it a thousand times like I have. But yeah, I just, I just can't. And yeah, Jeffrey, while he was doing his interview with um, Megan Morant and Matt Camp, he was clearly in AJ Mendez's office because all of her action figures were back there and a Funko Pop was back there too. I was just like, are they dropping hints that AJ is coming back? <laughs> I was just like, um, is AJ coming? But yeah, it was just really nice. I, I loved it. It was a nice interview. And then of course we got the announcement and the official poster of Love and WWE, the Hulu reality show featuring Bianca Belair and Montez Ford. Um, and of course, the tagline is marriage is the ultimate tag team. And it's got, of course, both of them kissing each other and being happy with each other, you know, and talking about, you know, their run during WrestleMania, um, during the road to WrestleMania with her as the Raw Women's Champion during that time, you know, and their marriage is one of the most special um, couplings that I've seen in wrestling. They truly, truly love each other and they never get tired of each other. You know, one of them, Bianca's very laid back and Montez is just on 10 all the time, but he absolutely adores her. And you can definitely tell even when they're on screen together, there was the time they were at the Rolling Loud Festival and she was the SmackDown Women's Champion and she was dancing on the stage and he was just watching her make her entrance all the way down the, the runway. Like he really, really loves her and she really loves him because every time he was speaking in the interview, you know, she was just looking at him and just smiling and they've been married for almost five or six years now. So hopefully that's something that they can continue to keep that spark in their relationship. I am so happy that they found each other and that they truly love each other and that she is, you know, a wonderful stepmom, you know, to his kids that he had previously and they even talked about starting their own family and her having a baby. And I was just like, oh, my God. You know, I feel like she would be an amazing mom. 
but she's the EST of everything. So she's perfect at everything she does. So the reality show debuts on Hulu on February 2nd, the second day of Black History Month. And what better way to celebrate Black History Month than to celebrate Black love? And they are Black love. And of course, if you want to buy some merchandise celebrating their love, you can go on foyerwear.com and buy the Hardy Wrestling Podcast Beyonce's ship t-shirt available in all sizes in the color black with love pictures of the both of them. So you can buy that t-shirt right now um, and celebrate their love too. So big ups to Bianca Belair and Montez Ford and their love. And it is such a beautiful poster. I know when I first saw the poster, I was gagged. I was just like... This is what I want my wedding pictures to give, but we just got to (laughs) wait. Yes, I love it. So we're finally here in SmackDown New Year's Revolution. And when I tell you this show was fantastic, it was absolutely fantastic. And it starts with the women because EO Sky and Mia Yim Meechin had a women's championship match and it was so Good. I have been a big advocate for giving Mia Yim more time on television because, of course, she had so many dark matches and dark tag team matches with Zelina Vega, you know, over the past couple of months or so. And her as Zelina finally got on television and I was just like, yes, and they were attacking damage control or whatever. I wanted them to be in a war games match, but, you know, that's neither here or there. That's gone now. But Mia Yim having this opportunity for the women's title made me so happy. I was just like, yes, yes, yes. And I feel like she was someone whose abilities had been kind of watered down a bit. But in this match, they were definitely on point. Her and Io wrestled an amazing match. And then I also loved that Mia's friends and damage control decided to sit this one out and let EO you know and Mia fight on their own without any interference because this made for an incredible match and what made it even better was while I was live tweeting on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast Twitter page follow at Hardy Wrestle Pod I saw where Bianca tweeted at Mia Yim and said show them what we already know you know, show them who you are. And I was just like, oh my God, Bianca is encouraging Mia. That's so wonderful. You know, we love to see black queens supporting each other. And the fact that Bianca, who's been a champion multiple times, was supporting Mia, who hasn't been a champion in WWE yet, was just absolutely amazing. So they did so good. And Mia showed out with a code breaker that she hit when she put... um when she put um, EO in the ropes, which is absolutely fantastic. And then she hit a Styles Clash from the top rope onto EO as well. And I was just like, yes, girl, show them who you are. She is such an amazing wrestler. And I'm so happy to have met her in New York um, two years ago. But just, just knowing everything that she was able to do in other promotions and seeing her have that on display on this big of an episode in the beginning of the year was just fantastic. And big up to Mia even though she didn't get the win she definitely deserves another chance I would argue that she would be my second choice to win money in the bank if she doesn't win the Royal Rumble she would be my second choice to win money in the bank my first choice is Zelina Vega but she did an amazing job but of course EO retained the title and of course you know while Damage Control was celebrating backstage 
talking about their master plan to be the top faction in WWE, Bianca Belair decided to pop up on them and say, hey, I'm entering the Royal Rumble too. So Miss Bailey, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get too big for your britches because I want to become a two-time girl for the Royal Rumble. And I said, yes, girl, I love it. So if she wins the Royal Rumble, I'll be excited. But even if she doesn't, you know, it's okay. Because she's Bianca Belair. She's the EST. She'll find another way to get back some gold. So I was really pumped for that. But literally, me and Yim could be Miss Money in the Bank. I'm here for her. And yeah, Zelina was rooting for her too. I did. I, I didn't see that on social media, but I can definitely believe that they were. So I'm really happy for Mia having that moment. And I'm happy that Bianca has declared for the Royal Rumble. Because we are in for a time in a few weeks, y'all. Then when it comes to the women, this was a digital exclusive. B-Fab popped up to try to encourage Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits after getting their butts whooped by Karrion Cross and the Authors of Pain. And she was just like, look, I just came back here to check on y'all. And Montez was like, ain't no need of checking on us because we're losers or whatever. And she was just like, you guys are not losers. You guys are multi-time champions. You guys are not losers. And I thought this was amazing because here we we saw a refreshed B-Fab with gorgeous new braids on top of that. Because normally she would have the white braids, but Miss Ma'am went to the hairstylist and got red braids. And I was just like, okay, girl, I see you. And I'm happy that she's still in the orbit of Bobby and the Street Profits because I want to see more of her on television since Hit Row is no longer a thing. And then this week she was featured in a video training with Natalia. So she's got some stuff cooking. She has some stuff cooking and it might take a little while, but she going to pop off this year. And I really feel like it's going to happen for her. And with top dollar, AJ Francis continuing to speak her name, you know, and believe in her from afar. Like I'm really, I really am interested to see what BFAB is going to get into this year. Maybe she'll be in the Royal Rumble. Who even knows? Jeffrey in the comments saying this um, women's Royal Rumble is so unpredictable. It really is. Um, but yeah, like I'm really excited to see what she has in store for us this year, especially since she's got new hair. Sometimes you just got to shake some stuff up. And when you got a new hair, that means you got new attitude and she going to do something. And I'm really excited for her. I'm really pumped. And speaking of hit row, Ashanti the Adonis popped up in Nick Aldis's office. Begging for an opportunity to prove to, to prove what he's got to give in wrestling. And this made me happy. This made me so happy because I'm just like, I don't want these people who were in hit row to fall by the wayside. And then we forget about them. And then they just, you know, and then they just get released in the next round of releases. No, they deserve more. And Ashanti the Adonis is talented as F. So him coming to Nick Aldis and telling him, look, I'm hungry. You can see my bones and my ribs. Like, I need something. And Nick Aldis was like, look, I don't feel sorry for you, but I have some opportunities for you that we can talk about right here. And I was just like, yes, 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 Ashanti. Yes, get your things, get your things. I was so excited for this. Like, come through, come through, Ashanti. I was so pumped about this. I was so happy. Yes. Yes. So we got to wait and see what's going to happen with that. But I was so happy to see that he is back on TV because they did have him on tribute to the troops talking about, you know, his military experience. And we do thank him for his service. 
but he needs to get his things on TV now. So I'm pumped about that. Another thing I loved in wrestling this week was the debut of Tyler Bate, the big strong boy and former UK champion, um, making his debut from NXT as Butch's tag team partner against Pretty Deadly. And when this match happened, I was just like, what in the NXT UK? <laughs> it was definitely giving NXT UK vibes because all of these men were on NXT UK. And then they wound up with the win and I was so excited. I was just like, come on, Butch, come on. Um, Tyler. And then, of course, Tyler got bop and bip on and everything. And he was able to lift up, you know, one of the members of Pretty Deadly and spin him around like he does. So that was really, really cool. I'm so happy that he made his debut. And I'm definitely here for more NXT people popping up on SmackDown. Um, I hope they have more of them pop up on Raw, too. But if SmackDown is the place that gives them more concise time and visibility, then I'm definitely here for it as well. So congratulations to Tyler Bate making his SmackDown debut and tagging with his former enemy. Because, of course, if y'all know, him and Bush used to fight down for the UK title. Like, for real. Like, that was a time back then. So this was really cool. Um, Jeffrey saying, I know Shay was happy with this. Oh, I'm sure she was. Shout out to Shay Sawyer with the pop, um, um, the big pop theory podcast and her and Nikki's not, I mean, not her and Nikki, but her and Katrina's show, um, the meta two after show for NXT. So yeah, this was cool. And another unex well expected, but cool thing was the debut of the authors of pain and Paul Ellering aligning with Karrion Cross and Scarlett and how they beat up on Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Y'all know how I mentioned them earlier. Well, the authors of Pain popped up and beat up on them and they've been showing all of these vignettes with Karrion Cross popping up, you know, saying that he was going to rock SmackDown in a new way, but nobody knew how. But then in his last promo that he put, he was just like, oh, well, he mentioned something about authors and I was just like, hold up authors. You mean the authors are paid? And then it, and then up pop Akam and Razor. And I'm just like, what? I'm so impressed. That I remember their names. Like, oh my God, Akam and Razor popped up with Paul Ellering. And now there's this whole big faction and he's wearing this t-shirt called the final prayer. And I'm wondering, is that their name? Is that their name? I just, it's just cool. It's just really cool. I'm really excited. Jeffrey is saying authors are paying with Paul Ellering back is so good. This might be good with Carrion's character. It really might be cool. Like, I'm really pumped about that. Like, because for a minute, Carrion was on the struggle bus. He really was on the struggle bus. Like, nobody knew what was really going to be up with him. At one point, it looked like he was going to challenge Roman Reigns. But then nothing came of that. And then he disappeared for a while. And then he had a beef with AJ Styles. But then after that, that kind of, you know, disappeared too. So him with the Authors of Pain, that is giving him a new lease on things. And it's definitely giving the Authors of Pain a new lease on things too. And yeah, two managers with Scarlett and Paul, that's really cool too. And the fact that Scarlett dyed her hair brunette is amazing. So we'll see what happens, but this is fantastic. I liked it a lot. And then we had this triple threat match with the winner earning a universal title match against Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble between LA Knight, Randy Orton, and AJ Styles. 
this match was very hard hitting. It was really good. And this really could have been anyone's game here. Like anybody could have won this match. Like it could have gone any person's way, but I was really rooting for LA Knight to win because I just wanted him to get another chance because the last time he fought Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel, Jimmy cheated for him. And I'm just like, give him another shot. But as they were knocking each other out and beating each other up, out comes Mr. Levels Above. Now, I'm not going to lie. I do like his T-shirt that says Levels Above. But him and the bloodline came out there and ruined everything. And because this match was no DQ, it was legal for him to come out there and do all of that. But I was very upset because the match was so good. And I'm just like, why are you out here interrupting this? Why can't you just let somebody fight fair and square and win a thing? But he's just like, no, this is my show. And none of you are worthy enough to fight against me, blah, 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 blah. And I was just so irritated. I was mad irritated. I was just like, I, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. But justice did come in the form of Nick Aldis, who was standing out there watching the triple threat match take place and watching Roman Reigns beat up on everybody after it was all over. And Nick Aldis said, while your boy is celebrating and while you're acting up, he has to fight in a fatal four-way at the Royal Rumble against all three of those men. Congratulations. You just played yourself. <laughs> he didn't say that, but he basically said, like, look, a fatal four-way is going to happen, and it's all because your boy is out here celebrating, saying that this is his show. And then Papa Paul was looking mad, mad disheveled about it. He was sad. He was just like, God dang. So you mean I got to tell Roman that he has to be in a fatal four-way at Royal Rumble? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because y'all just got to come out here and ruin everything and sling sling your hoo-ha everywhere and just act like you run things but nick aldis is definitely not a pushover he was like look i'm an executive i don't have feelings i don't care how you feel i'm just this is how it's actually gonna go and i liked it about nick aldis i like that he is not a pushover at all he is not not saying that adam pierce is by any stretch of the imagination but nick aldis just has something different about him and i feel like him and roman might mess around and possibly have a match. And if Nick Aldis is going to fight again, I'm here for it. I'm really here for it. But yeah, this was a cool way to end the show. And then Jeffrey is saying, funny part was Paul saying, don't touch me. He really was saying, don't touch me. And I'm just like, sir, who do you think you are? Baby, bye. It was too much. And I was irritated that we didn't get a finish to that match because it was really good. But of course, y'all know Roman got to be narcissistic and make everything about him. But yeah, that was all the stuff that I liked in wrestling this week. And now we're just going to go to the call of action. So of course, I want to thank you guys for being a part of this first episode of the new year with me. And of course, if you want to book your girl for any panels, for conventions, or if you want to book me for color commentary or as a writer, you can email me at hardywrestlingpodcast at gmail.com or DM me on um, Instagram and on X at Queen Steph Hardy. 
please check me out. Check out all of my reels and all of my videos and stuff on YouTube. And just book me for anything that you've got going on involving wrestling. I am a working commentator. Um, I want to get my experience up. So please book your girl, book your girl, book your girl. I'm really excited to work with whoever wants to work with me so we can get that cracking. We can talk about rates. We can talk about anything you want to talk about. So just book me for your websites and for your shows and I will make it happen because I have a lot of thoughts to share and a lot of um, commentary and a lot of understanding about wrestling. So just book me. Um, and on that poster you see, that's all the places that I've been. So yeah, Jeffrey asking, can I replace KP on SmackDown? LOL. I don't want to replace him. I want to work side by side with him because I don't think he's really that bad of a commentator. I feel like people come down on him really hard because they just don't like change. Um, but I don't think he's really that bad of a commentator. So I would actually want to commentate with Kevin Patrick or with Corey Graves. So, or with Nigel Zane on WOW. Like, that's the dream, like, to become the first Black woman commentator on WWE WOW or Impact slash TNA. So, yeah, just book your girl <laughs> for any independent shows happening this year. I am open to booking so we can make it happen. Also, if you haven't already, check out the Hardy Wrestling Podcast and Incat We Trust show. Um, Steph and Cat Talk Wow, where we give a post show on Wow Superheroes every Wednesday um, at 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 um, Central. We talk about all of the shows and all the episodes, you know, and everything like that. So please check out the best WOW post show in the land with me and Katrina Blake from NCAT We Trust. You can watch every episode on our YouTube channels. We have them all listed on a playlist. You can catch all the episodes if you missed any of them. And just support WOW Superheroes as a television show alternative for women's wrestling. Please check it out, check it out, check it out. And of course, read my articles on Daily DDT. My latest one was Gigi Dolan and JC Jane one year later. Of course, this is me talking about their individual journeys um, since the release of Mandy Rose and the destruction of Toxic Attraction and talking about, you know, where they could go in their careers um, into the new year. So please check out that article and every other article I've written for Daily DDT. And I thank them so much for giving me a platform to write down my thoughts about everything happening in wrestling. It's been really great. Shout out to Raphael um, and to Chris um, for letting me get my write on and for letting me push my pen. It's been really great. And I just love writing as another form of getting my thoughts out there. So read that article and every other article um, on dailyddt.com. So thank you guys for that. And of course, finally, buy my merch um, on foryourwear.com slash Hardy Wrestling Podcast. That's where you can find my Alabama Wrestling Fighters t-shirt that, of course, celebrates wrestlers um, and managers from um, the state of Alabama, which is where I'm from. It shows and highlights Teddy Long, Sensational Sherry, Kayla Braxton, Paul Bearer, Deborah Fuego Del Sol, and AQA, who are all from the state of Alabama. So if you want an interesting little tidbit wrestling shirt, you can buy that and the hoodie because it's cold at foryourwear.com slash hardywrestlepod. And it's available in all sizes and available in the colors red and black. So please buy that. And also buy my Bold and the Bloodline t-shirt, which celebrates the craziest storyline in all the professional wrestling, and my Beyonce's t-shirts that I mentioned earlier that celebrates the love of Bianca and Montez Ford. 
championship love and championship storytelling are celebrated with the Hardy Wrestling Podcast merch. So please check that out at foryourwear.com slash Hardy Wrestling Podcast. So thank you guys so much for joining me for this new episode of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. And I hope to bring you more content within the new year. And I hope to continue live tweeting, you know, as wrestling shows are on and just continue to just succeed in this wrestling space and talk to those who love wrestling. If you want to be a guest on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, just DM me or email me and we can make it happen with scheduling and we can just get it cracking and talk wrestling and talk about your journey. So, of course, this has been the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl, Stephanie Hardy. Please take care of yourselves. Be careful out here in these streets and love on yourself in the new year. Bye, y'all.